God the Father and from the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God which we will consider this evening is found recorded in Psalm 145. There we read verses 15 through 21 as follows in Jesus' name. The eyes of all look expectantly to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, gracious in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. He also will hear their cry and save them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, and all flesh shall bless his holy name forever and ever. These are the words, Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, dear fellow redeemed thanksgiving worshipers, when we were little children, we looked to our parents to supply us with everything that we needed every day. We depended on them to feed us and clothe us and shelter us. Our parents made the big decisions for us and they comforted us when we were afraid and they disciplined us when we needed to be disciplined. We know that one of the things that happen when we ourselves grow older and become mature is that others begin to look to us for those same things. Others look to us to be the responsible ones and they depend on us to take care of them. And one of the things which happens to Christians as they mature and deepen in their faith is that they begin to look more and more to God for everything. David the psalm writer had reached such a stage in his life our text found in Psalm 145 is a testimony to the trust that David had in his heavenly Father, a testimony to the thankfulness by which he responded to God's blessings. So on this national Thanksgiving holiday, it's appropriate that we should consider this hymn of praise recorded here and that we look to God for everything. The eyes of all look expectantly to you, says David. When a basketball game is winding down to the last few seconds and the score is tied, both teams usually have one player the others look to to gain the victory. They want that player to have the ball at the end, that player to take the last shot. That player is one probably thrives in that kind of situation. They want the ball and they expect that others will look to them and depend on them. Our Lord wants us to look to him for every need in life. Oftentimes our lives resemble the last few seconds of a close game. 
We face stress and anxiety on a regular basis. We all have pressures and responsibilities at work with our jobs and at home with our families. And it's good for us, of course, to be accountable and to take responsibility, but often we make things too hard for ourselves when we try to do everything on our own. Here David reminds us that instead we ought to look to God. Peter, echoing this in the New Testament, wrote, Cast all your anxiety on him, for he cares for you. As true man, our Lord Jesus Christ knows the pressures of life that you and I face. He knows, too, that often we look only to ourselves for the things that we need. In his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Rather than look only to ourselves, to our own abilities and strength, we should learn from these simplest of creatures and look to God for everything that we need. He created us, and he wants the responsibility of taking care of us. So through the prophet Jeremiah, he invites, Call to me, and I will answer you. And in our text this evening, it says, The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. He will hear their cry and save them. We can call upon the Lord with confidence. He wants us to trust in him. David says to him also, you open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. God is rich beyond our comprehension. He is the actual owner of everything, including all the things we call our own. In Psalm 24, David said, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. He opens his hand for us because he is so generous. He delights in putting all of nature at our disposal, the plants and the livestock, the minerals from the ground and the rain which falls from the sky. So the psalm writer says, the Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all that he has made. His generous heart for us is most evident in this, that while we were still sinners, disobedient and rebellious, he handed over his own son, Jesus Christ, to win full forgiveness for every sinner, the assurance of eternal life in heaven, by his suffering and his death on the cross. If God were to, for some reason, withhold from us every other gift, if his son, as our substitute and savior, were his only blessing in our lives, then we should still say, I have a rich and generous God, though I have not earned it. For Jesus' sake, he forgives all my iniquities, 
he offers me the glory of eternal life with him in heaven. Of course, we know that the Lord each day does give us beyond that grace that saves us. He gives us everything we have and need for our daily lives during our time here on earth. And so the Apostle Paul wrote, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, freely give us all things? God who opens up his hands for us and satisfies the desire of every living thing is not only generous, he is also wise. David says, you give them their food in due season. According to his wisdom, he gives us what we need exactly when we need it and in the proportion that we need it. We know that some parents are very wealthy. Some parents have a lot that they can give to their children and some are very generous with their children. Nothing is held back. But those same parents are not always so wise. In fact, by their rich generosity, their lavish gifting of their children, they might actually harm them. A wise parent then won't hand over the car keys to an 11-year-old, no matter how much he might beg. So our God knows what is good for us. And he knows what things are not good for us and that we shouldn't have. But of course, we lack his vision of things and we don't always understand that truth. When he holds something back from us, we might become discouraged, even sullen or petulant. And we may even begin to think that God doesn't really care that much for us or that he's maybe really not capable of providing for us in the way that we think he should. Here in the United States, we can clearly see how year after year, God opens his hands for us. Across our land, we're blessed with fertile soil and good growing conditions. American farmers typically grow enough not only to supply what our nation needs, but much of the world as well. But even in the lean years, during the years that the crop is not so abundant, we should remember that God is still in control of everything and that he might withhold from us for a good purpose, one that we may not always fully understand. So again, the Apostle Paul wrote, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways, past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Or who has first given to him, and it shall be repaid to him? The eyes of all look to our generous God, and he wisely opens his hands and gives us exactly everything we need. He is truly worthy of our thanks and praise. And so David writes, My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, and all flesh shall bless his holy name forever and ever. Each year our nation answers this call by observing our day of thanksgiving. Like David of old, we should now consider all the ways that God 
blesses us. And like him, we should resolve to thank God with our voices and our lives. He also says, the Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. Even with that jarring word of warning that the Lord gives to those who don't love him or believe in him, the Lord is still being merciful and kind. He would have all people to repent of their sins against him and then to trust in his generous and wise providence over our lives every day, that we rely on his grace and mercy by which he forgives us and calls us to himself one day in heaven. And we do that very thing every time we gather for worship. Our liturgy provides us the opportunity together to stand and confess our sins against God. And then the opportunity to blend our voices in thanks to him for his grace and pardon by our hymns and our prayers. Each worship service then is a time for us to do exactly what David exhorts, that we praise him. We should thank God also each day in our private prayers and in our devotions. He blesses us as individuals, and so as individuals, we should thank him. Our mouths should speak the praise of our Lord also as we speak to other people and let them know that we consider everything we have as being a gift from him and that he is the one who deserves full credit for everything. Our thanks are expressed as we live trusting lives, relying on him and not becoming obsessed and worried about our needs and responsibilities. We give thanks by giving him our concerns and our worries, expressing our problems to him in our prayers, trusting that he's listening and that he will carry our burdens for us. You and I can and should also thank him by our Christian stewardship, by managing the generous gifts that he supplies for each of us to be used to his glory in our homes and in our church. May God grant that we should always look to him for every need, for he is generous and wise. He gives us all we have, both for this life and for that life which follows on this one. So may we thank and praise him on this Thanksgiving holiday and then every day with our voices and lives. For Jesus' sake, amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forevermore. Amen.